With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard. Comes out to Essien! Oh my goodness. It's a catch attack. It's a new dropper. And now Kitty in the middle. Dropper goes. Stretch it. Stretch it. Mix it on when you do. Stretch it. Stretch it. Stretch it. Drop it in the centre. McCoy just came from the ground and went for that. Bleak as this. Hello and welcome to another episode of Chessie Hour. I am your host Shemi and I'm joined by Alexis. How you doing, bro? Not too bad, brother. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Can't complain at all. Um, and I'm also joined by Joe. How you doing, bro? I'm good, man. Hope you're blessed. Yeah, yeah. Can't complain, man. Weather's decent. Well, now it is anyway, but the rain earlier was peak. But yeah, I can't complain. I can't complain. But um, before we get going, um, let's do some housekeeping. So obviously, uh, as you may know, unless you've been living under a rock, um, there's a Touch Life Records Live show um, on the 4th of September where Arsenal will be playing Man United and Chelsea will be playing West Ham. Um, I, I believe tickets are sold out now. Um, so if you didn't get any... Um, I would be on the lookout. Maybe there might be some on the door. I'm not sure. Um, I think Lewis said there might be, but if not, then yeah, it's tough luck, really. But um, yeah, Mariah, Mariah and Mugger said you're going to be playing a little premium, but yeah, probably make it. Cool. There you go. There you go from Alexis. So, <laughs> um, if you want to chance it, you can head down on the day. Um, try and get there early. You might be able to get a ticket. If not, tough luck. Um, unfortunately, I won't be there. Um, I know many of you were coming to see me and stuff but um, I'm sorry like you know life happens um I'm gonna be on holiday so um but the rest of the Chelsea guys will be there Muga will be there um I'm sure the Spurs guys will be there and so will Copend so do head down it's due to be a great day um but yeah without further ado let's get let's get into it we've got a lot to unpack this episode um so let's start let's start with transfers uh before we, re- we start recording um we've got the news that Chelsea have apparently submitted a 
fourth bid now for Wesley Fofana, and it's at 75 million. Is that am I correct, Alexis? Yep, that's correct. Uh, Chelsea's new bid will be 75 million for Brizio Romano. Flipping hell. So, what, what, what are our thoughts, guys? Because, um, me personally, I'm, I'm just ready to walk away from it right now. Um, I think the price we're at now is way, way over, um, you know, what we should kind of be paying for. Um, any defender, really. Um, and also, I just think, you know, the expectation with what comes with a heavy price tag, I just feel like it's kind of heading in that direction. Um, but what, what, I'm interested, what do you guys think? I know Wesley Fofana is highly rated amongst the football kind of community. Um, he was highly rated kind of before he went to Leicester when he was at St. Etienne. Obviously, he's done his thing at Leicester as well. Um, but guys, 75 million, what's everyone's thoughts? How, how are we feeling? It's a good deal, like I think, because the player's going to come in and play from the outset. So it's, he knows the league. He's acclimatized. The only issue is it's the pressure from the outside world. I think if he comes in and plays for five seasons and he's playing well, no one's going to mention the, the, the fee. Mm-hmm. However, if he comes in and makes a couple of mistakes, it's going to get mentioned he's at Chelsea. We shouldn't be running away from the deal. If Tuchel thinks that's the right player and he's identified him and he wants him to come in, I don't see an issue if Tuchel gets sacked, for example, another manager comes in and does like Fafana. I think mm. Fafana is the type of player that will translate to any manager. He can play back three and most probably, I haven't seen it, but he can most probably play in the back four. I'm not sure if he played there for, say, Etienne, but it looks I think, like... I'm pretty sure Leicester played back four under Rodgers when he was there. Well, okay, so... That should tick the tick the box. Yeah. Um, I don't have an issue paying big big money for a player as long as you're planning ahead accordingly and the player can play in multi like faceted systems, which I mm. don't think Fafana would have an issue. So mm. go in and pay the money and get the deal done. Stop wasting time. I would say for Chelsea. I, f- I think that's an interesting tip because I think a lot of fans um, do kind of get sucked into the into the price price tag. Um, I think Daniel kind of talks about something similar in terms of um, if he's good enough, kind of just pay it. Like he. Daniel is one who doesn't really care about the price. And I, it seems like you share kind of a similar view. And I think it's interesting because obviously 75 million is a lot, a lot of money. We know Harry, Harry Maguire waited for 80 million um, a couple of years ago, which was which was crazy for like a player like him. And um, obviously we saw how that turned out. Um, I, but don't you think, Shemi, it's a fair fee if you compare it to what's been happening in the current market now? The fees are just inflated. Yeah, yeah. Altaro is going for 62 million pounds. He's never mm. played in the Premier League. Mm, you're absolutely. almost buying prem proven tax like uh, absolutely absolutely i think it is in line with what's happening right now i think my thing is i have never really been too i've never really like paid too much attention attention to wesley Fofana. so in honesty yeah i couldn't tell you whether it's worth it or not do you know what i mean um i've watched a lot of leicester over the past few years but wesley Fofana is not someone i've actually really properly like analyzed and looked at so for me i'm just kind of like i i, I kind of just have no thoughts on the deal but um I think the only thing for me is just that I hope that that pressure doesn't weigh on him because obviously he's still young. Um, but yeah, because like I said, it's a lot, a lot of money. Um, Joe, what's, what's your thoughts on it? I think it is a lot of money. But at the same time, like Alexis said, this is the market right now. If you're paying 80 mil for Maguire, you can't really be mad if they're trying to push up the price for Fana, who's definitely a better centre-back. I think from when I've watched him and I've watched a lot of him and he has been a player that I've wanted at Chelsea for a while, I believe that he's got a strong mentality. He seems like someone that has a good mentality when I've seen him anyways. He looks very confident. 
So I don't really think the price tag will be as much pressure as everyone's saying it may be. I may be wrong, but from what I think of watching him, I believe he's someone that's up for the challenge. I think where it can get a bit tricky is that when you bring someone in with such high price tag, you kind of give them an allowance to play in bad form and bring them back into the team because you've paid that much for them. And I feel like with someone like Trevor, who's still there, it's a bit of a sticky situation because his him coming into the team could lead to Trev going out. And I mm. feel like that could lead to problems when we get closer to December when there's a World Cup and we've got Aspie, Thiago Silva, Koulibaly. Do you get what I mean? Mm. But outside of that, I think may as well, if Tuchel wants him, give Tuchel what he wants and let's see how it works out for him. Right, right. Interesting thought. So, so we're all, the general consensus is that we're all in then, lads, yeah? I've got no problem with the deal. I think this is the type of players we should be going for. I've got no issue spending high fees for a player that's his talent's evident to see and he's prem proven. Gordon, we're going to get on to. Yeah, we'll, we'll get on to that. No, 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 no jump, no jump, no jump. <laughs> but yeah, okay, I, agree cool. with, I agree with Alexis on that. Cool, cool. That's 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 a good start. So, can you just can you guys just like enlighten me a little bit, like educate me a little bit? Um, this sounds weird because obviously I'm a football fanatic, so I should know most things. But I don't. Okay, so there's that. But yeah, with Wesley Fofana, could you guys tell me like what are his like strengths? What 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 are we getting with a Wesley Fofana if the deal was to go through? Um, and what kind of impresses you about him? Um, which justifies paying the the price tag? For me, I liked how quick he acclimatized to the league. Um, coming from France. He went into the Leicester team and didn't look out of place. He was combative from a young age, which I really like. Um, he's quick to come out and get tight, but at the same time, he's quick enough if the ball goes around him to his agility will get him back into position. He's good in the air, decent in the air. I don't know the statistic of our heart, but he's 6'2", which I think is a good thing for our team. So from set pieces, the height should be there. He's a decent one-on-one defender. And he's comfortable coming out into the right-back position if needed when he was playing for Leicester at the right centre-back situation. And on the ball, I wouldn't say he's outstanding. I wouldn't say he's amazing, but he's competent. So I, that that's for me personally. I don't know okay. what Joe's thoughts are. Yeah, for me, I feel like one of the things where he, needs, he does need to improve on is his um, progressive passes. Because at times it can be a bit low, but at the same time, he's very good. I think he's very decent on the ball. He's more than competent for me. He's a very strong presence. He's someone that likes to step up. He can make the aggressive challenge, but sometimes he can have little moments with what, which is what you expect with young centre backs, where he might have a lapse in concentration or he might be a bit overzealous in the tackle. Do you get what I mean? But outside of that, he's a really strong centre back for his age as well pretty tall i believe he is decent in the air i'm not 100 percent sure how high he ranks up compared to other center backs but from what i've seen about him he's someone that wins a lot of balls in the air so yeah he's got a lot of upside to him yeah there's just, no just... clear weakness shemi like there's no yeah ad, like avid weakness where you can pinpoint it and say he he really needs to work on that like for example with kunde people always looked at his height right and they yeah. said you can get at him because of his height mm. um with Trevor Chalaber, for me, sometimes you can say it's his positioning. Mm. I haven't, maybe I haven't watched Leicester enough week in, week out, where you critically analyze his game specifically, mm-hmm. but nothing stood out for me. He just, he looks very complete. 
Mm. Um, and I know that it's a young age, so maybe he'll get even better with time. But like you said, there is a risk with the Chelsea light, right? Which he's going to be every little mistake is going to get pinpointed. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, we'll find yeah. out more in six months' time. Put it this way. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I think with I think with Fafana, one thing I won't say is that he does have some similarities to Trevor when it comes to positioning and stuff like that. But at the same time, they're both young centre backs, so mm-hmm. you've got to you got to expect these kind of things, and that's what they're going to learn through mistakes and having people like Kulabali and Silva there. But I will say sometimes his concentration and his positioning can be something that can be worked on. But I don't think it's a dire thing where it's like it's going to happen consistently. But it's something that you should keep an eye on, kind of just expect when he first comes. Right, that's interesting, interesting. And I think, I think, although like, like as I said before, um, I haven't, I haven't like analyzed um for Farno a lot, even though I've watched a lot of Leicester games, so I couldn't really give a strong view on on the transfer. Um, I do see some physical attributes which are very promising in terms of he's quick and you know, like as you mentioned, he's tall. Um. But yeah, as you said, he's a young centre-back, so he should be given the time to kind of learn and stuff. But unfortunately, the streets are the streets, so you don't get that time, <laughs> especially with that price tag. So. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. If we, if, it, if it goes through, um, I'll, I'll definitely be watching. Um, it's, it's not a signing that gives me like... I, I don't. It doesn't give me any red flags or anything like that, but um, it's just one that I couldn't actually give a proper informed view on, which is why I've just kept silent on it, to be honest. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But as you said, uh, Virgil van Dijk came in um, for about, I think it was about 70, it was roughly the same price, about 75 mil, I think it was, back in 2018. And no one talks about it. And no one talks about it because he was absolutely flawless for about two and a half years before he got injured. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. If he comes in, he does the business, no one will talk about the price. If he comes in, he doesn't do the business, the price will be all over it, will be all over the street. So, we'll see how that goes. Just to move on to um, someone you've mentioned already a couple of times, Joe, and that's Trevor Chalabar. So, what, what, what is this, does anybody have any idea what the situation is with Trevor Talibar? You know, he's had a great breakout first season, um, probably one that was unexpected by both the fan base and the player, considering that he was on the verge of going to, I think it was Valencia um, last preseason before he had a couple of games um, against Reading and in the Super Cup where he impressed and then Tuchel put him in. Um, it, was a, it was a solid first season. I believe we didn't lose a game when he when he started. Um, and overall, he had a he, he came in and performed very very well. But he seems to have kind of um, to just fallen out of favour. Um, Joe was saying that it's given him Tamori vibes in the group chat. Does anybody know what's going on or have any thoughts as to what could be going on um, with well, Trevor? Because obviously, if we do sign for Fana, then it's looking like curtains for the young man. Mm-hmm. And from what I've obviously, I'm not part of the Chelsea team. I'm not in the squad, so I don't hear anything. But from what I've gathered from different media outlets that report on Chelsea, it seems like everybody around the camp, around Cobham, is very confused as to what is going on with Chalova. Even him himself, it seems like he doesn't really know where he stands with Tuchel and the squad. And that's why there's a lot of reports of him wanting to get a loan move for playing time because he's very different compared to a lot of the academy prospects we've had or do have in the team he's gone out on loan and he's had a lot of time on loan and he knows the value of being able to play games so for him I think and this is just based off everything I've heard and what I'm seeing and just history of Chelsea him having a bit of bad form towards the end of last season then getting dropped out of the team for a while 
And then obviously Aspie, who plays as a right centre back as well as a wing back, as well as James playing as a right centre back as well, have kind of been put above him in the pecking order. And if you've seen from preseason now, you've seen he's not played that much. And now that we're looking to get Fafana to come in at that right centre back position, as it stands, I believe he's fourth choice right centre back. So for him, it's like after the whole season I'm, I've had where I've kind of built you out in a sense where you didn't need to get another centre back last season, I've now mm-hmm. gone all the way down from being one of the first choices in the team to fourth choice. So mm-hmm. it's a, it's a, it is a weird one. For me, it's very, very similar to what's been going on in the past with Lampard and Tomori, but and, and, we'll and see so how just, it plays out. Yeah, sorry, just to go in there. And also, that's another kind of reason why I've been very disengaged with the Fofana saga and with um, other centre-backs we were linked with because, um, yeah, because I, I feel like Trev done very, very well and I feel like giving him the keys this season to follow on from his first season would have been perfectly fine and perfectly sensible. I mean, I would have been perfectly fine with a, a back three of Chalabar, Koulibaly and Silva. So, yeah, like, it, it's just a bit strange to me. It's, it's very, very strange because, as you said, he was very reliable last season uh, and it just seems to be very strange as to how he's just been dropped out like this. But as you said, we don't we don't really know too much about it. We don't know if anything's gone on. I guess more will kind of reveal itself as as time goes on. But I, what, what do you guys th- what do you guys think of this this thing of uh, this narrative of Chelsea kind of just prioritizing transfers over their their youngsters? Because you know, I, I don't like it, Shams. Yeah, I'll be honest. Yeah, because it in... doesn't sit comfortable with me because mm-hmm. it's stinks. One of the things I have a problem with with Tuchel, he's he relies on experience too much. And he's very he's blatantly biased. For example, Aspilicueta, in my opinion, had a very poor end to the season. And he was at fault for a lot of goals. Trevor Chalabar, until January, was faultless. Like he was fantastic, arguably our best defender last year. Then he went through a little shaky period where he just came off form and it's perfectly fine. He's perfectly young. Normal, this is what yeah. happens. And when Rudiger went off form, no one mentioned it. When Thiago Silva had a few shaky games, no one mentioned it. But with Trevor, it became a big thing and he got exiled out of the team. And then I think in preseason, when we lost to Arsenal 4-0, he had a poor game initially in that first half when we played, uh, I think we played a back four. And from that moment on, it's just like he became out of the plans and there was a whole initiative to get Aspie to get re-signed. They weren't letting Aspie go. And it looks like we're prioritising a player that doesn't want to be here over a player that genuinely would happily be here and play 20 league games, never complain, deliver good performances. But we're prioritising players that just don't want to be here and it's an issue for me. Do you know what's so damning about this situation is that I remember during pre-season, I was just listening to all the different Chelsea media outlets and... They said that Asp, like the energy from Aspie was very, very different from how it normally is. Like he's someone that's very chatty, that likes to speak to the media and just like he is our captain. But during preseason, he was avoiding speaking to anybody. And it was almost like you could tell that he it was quite obviously wanted to go. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, so for two to go out of his way to keep him, knowing that that will is not a is it's not a question, it will block Trevor. To keep him like that for me is very, very damning. Do you know so what? I can understand. I slightly disagree with the Aspi dropping Trevor thing because I feel like Aspi's role this season was always going to be a reduced role, in my opinion. 
and obviously he's getting on now. Um, he's not. He's he's pretty much past his 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 best days at Chelsea. Um, so I feel like his role was always going to be reduced. I don't think he was going to start every single game and be a priority. But do you think Trevor me, was ever going to start every game? I'm, I'm getting there. For me, I think um, the signing of um, another such as Venus or I.E. of Fofana, I think that blocks Trev more than um, more than Aspi, in my humble opinion. Um, and I think to answer your question, Alexis, I think if we wasn't signing um, Fofana, and let's say it was just Aspi and Trevor as our natural right centre-backs, I think Trevor would have got fair, fair game time. Um, mm. very, if, if all variables were consistent, that being him and Tuchel still got on, there's been no falling out. Like if everything was still normal, I think he would have got, got fair game time like he did last season. But it's just strange that, you know, that all seems to have just gone out the window. And it's different with Trevor because with a lot of the other youth players, we're used to seeing them not actually get an opportunity before they get replaced. Whereas, so for example, I don't know, like Cartoon Adore has not got too many opportunities. He's, he's basically going out going to be replaced. Um, and other players as well. Whereas Chalabar actually played a full season of first team football, didn't do much wrong, and that seems like he's going out the window. It's, it, it is strange. It is strange, but I guess it's, we'll just have to watch that space. Um, and it's, it's something that's becoming quite a common theme at Chelsea. But and yeah, it's not, it's not. It's not good. It's not good. But any last thoughts on that one? No, I'm happy to move on. Cool, cool, cool. So we'll swing back to transfers um, at the end of the pod because um, we still got a couple more transfer news to talk about. But we, we, let's get into the, the weekend game. Um, a 3-0 defeat at, against Leeds at Ellen Road. Um, obviously, first defeat of the season. Um, I mean, let, 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 let's talk about it. I mean, for me, um, if, we, if we get into the game, um, I, 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 think, I think it was pretty even, like, up until they scored their first goal. Um, obviously, the first goal was a mistake by Mendy, which we'll get into. But I think up until that point, I wasn't too I wasn't I wasn't too dis- disappointed. I wasn't too dissatisfied with what I was seeing. I think um it was we were playing all right. Um had a couple of chances, Mason Mount. Sterling had the ball in the back of net offside. He also had a sh- um a chance what where he cut inside and was very unlucky to to just miss the far post um in the first minute of the game. Um but I thought it was okay. I thought I I, I wasn't too dis- dissatisfied with what I was seeing and then obviously Kind of a bit similar to what happened at United um, against Brentford, where the keeper makes a mistake and it kind of just throws everything like up in the air, if that makes sense. Um, and it seems like we were never really able to recover from that point onwards. Um, and I think also Leeds Leeds's game plan was 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 very very good in terms of they they were high energy, they pressed us very very well, very high up the pitch. And I think um, that's something that Connor really struggled with in the middle. Obviously, he's come in for. Kovacic and Kante, who are injured. Um, and I think Meads alluded to it in the group chat that Connor's biggest weakness is the press, the press resistant part of the game, um, where he, he exceeds in, in getting about the pitch, et cetera, et cetera. But his weakness is that, that press resistant part, which is where Kovacic excels, um, et cetera. And they really, he, he really struggled in there. But um, what, what, what are you guys' thoughts? Did you guys mirror m- my opinion? in the fact that I didn't think it was too bad up until we scored? Or did you think... What, what did you guys think? we start with uh, you, Alexis. I've, I, I actually echo your thoughts. I thought the first 20 minutes, we looked good. Um, we had the Sterling chance within 46 seconds where he took the sh- pot shot. And I, I was like, OK, cool, we're attacking. Then there was a massive opportunity for Ruben. I think it was about five minutes where... Yes. He should have taken first the time. shot. Yeah. He should have. And... It just shows he's lacking confidence 
in front of goal. And maybe that comes with more more time, but or maybe that's just him. Maybe that's just his second nature to set it up perfectly, where there's a higher like probability in his head that it's going to go in. So it's really frustrating because we expected the high energy from Leeds. It's a game away from home. It's like both sets of fans view it as a rivalry. So the high energy was expected. The midfield was an issue. Like we were losing the ball consistently, and I think. Because Connor's not secure in possession, as you you said, it, when we lost the ball with Jorginho's recovery running, it just left the midfield just so overrun and it caused problems. And then we gifted them the goal. And after that, our heads dropped. Uh, we can talk yeah. about the set-piece defending, which really frustrates me as well. I, I yeah. hate how we defend set-pieces and we give away cheap free kicks. You see, you see, it wasn't a free kick, but I hate you. <laughs> like, if, you, if you look at if you look at what's it called against Spurs, Reese yeah, gave away yeah. a stupid free yeah, kick against very Kane. Very very Raheem true. gives away a free kick. Maybe it wasn't a free. Don't give like don't give the referee an opportunity yeah. to make. I I hear you. I hear you. But the referee was genuinely incompetent there. Like genuinely, yeah. and the fact that you booked him was just even cheeky. But you know, let's not complain about the refs. Um, but yeah, um, I, yeah, I, I, I echo what you're saying. I think, I think as soon as when you kind of take the emotion at the game, I think you know when you lose three 0 it's not nice, especially away from home early in the season. You know, you want your earlier season to be as smooth as possible. I think there can be a lot of emotion, and it sucks. Do you know what I mean? Um, but I, I'm someone that can watch football without emotion, or to an extent, less than others. Um, so as I was watching, I thought, you know, it wasn't. I didn't think it was too bad. But as you said, when you give the when you give away a goal like that in the manner that Mendy did, and then literally straight after that, I think it was within five minutes, we're two 0 down. Yeah, it was never a game that I felt that we were going to recover from because it was literally it just went from zero to one hundred just like that, and we had no time to kind of react. And I think with Chelsea, a lot of the time, I never feel confident when because of how we play. Um, I don't really feel confident when we're two 0 down that we're going to pull it back because you know, still yeah like, because uh, because we're, we're a team that relies on when we like when we go in front we're quite good because we can kind of we can manage games we can control games and usually we're quite solid at the back um, and that's our base we're we're quite reliant on that that base of going in front and when we go behind um, yeah. When the onus is on us to kind of go forward and create chances, yeah, it's a struggle. We all know like how we play because we don't we don't have sufficient goals in attack, um, and we don't create sufficient chances on a consistent enough basis. That yeah, it, 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 I'm never confident when we're two 0 down. I'm just never confident. Whereas when City are two 0 down, you just know that they're coming. You know Liverpool when they're two 0 down, you know they're coming. Um, Joe, um, what do you? What, what, I'm going to ask you about the goals. So obviously, Mendy made a mistake. Um, some some will say he's been a bit shaky in 2022. Um, obviously he made that mistake, the same mistake against Real Madrid. Uh, made it again on on Sunday. Um, what's your thoughts on Mendy? Are you worried about him? Do you think he's off form, or is it kind of just you know just just a couple one offs? I am worried about him, but maybe my perspective on it is very different on to, as to how everyone else sees it. What is your very perspective? Con- so it's very clear he's had a dip in form. It's very clear that's happened. But I think with context, you have to look at he came in, had a lot of intense games. Then we, he goes to the African Cup of Nations, 
gets to the final, wins it, comes back, straight back in it. And I feel like, all, like at the end of the day, he came in so good, like so good. And it's like, at some point, you're going to have a dip in form. We see it with a lot of keepers. I think with him, I feel like he just feels the pressure a lot more than we realise because he's meant to be that saviour because of everything with Kepa that's been going on in the past. So I think that he definitely needs a like a, a lot more support from the backroom staff, from Tuchel, to keep his head up because at the end of the day, we can't chop and change keepers. It doesn't work like that. I do feel like sometimes he can be a bit too comfortable and take things for granted when he's on the ball. And I think that's something that he needs to work on. So with Mendy, I'm not, I don't think it's a thing that he needs to be replaced, but he therefore does need competition, someone to keep him on his toes. That's how I look at it. Interesting, interesting view, especially that view about competition. I think, um, I think, I, I agree. I don't think Mendy, uh, I think he's, for the whole part, he, he came in and he was, at, he played at such a high level for about what well, he's been here two years now. Yeah. So, for like the first 18 months, he was played at such a high level. It was basically fault, faultless, right? Um, and as you said, every keeper goes through like a little dip in form. Allison went through a dip in form a couple of seasons ago um, when Liverpool are losing at home um, and he bounced back. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's normal, essentially. Um, I don't buy what some fans are saying that he's not good with his feet because his distribution is actually very good, in my opinion. But as you said, he takes too long on the ball and he's done it a few times. I, it was something I noticed when he first signed in his first in his early games on the Lampard that he got and he got away with it. Um do you remember yeah. the pass back across his goal? Which game Spurs? was that? In his in his, his debut against Spurs, he passed it back and he literally almost Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I remember. He yeah, went for a yeah. corner. There's been a few oh. yes, I do remember. There's been a few times where it's just like it's, it's a little bit too too com- a little bit too lax. It's nonchalant. That's the word I'm looking he's, for. He's got yeah. all the time in the and space in the world and he thinks and I'm really surprised after the Benzema incident, he didn't learn from his mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Not to not is the right word I'm looking for. And the most annoying thing about that is that he actually took a bad touch in the Leeds game. And all he had to do, yeah. once you take that bad touch, don't try to rectify it. Just clear it out. But, you know, the keepers of nowadays, they drilled to play. They're drilled to play out and continue to play. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that was very frustrating. Um, I'm going to come on to Koulibaly, who was sent off for two City yellow cards. Um, Alexis, what do you make of Koulibaly's performance and how he's done this season so far? Because I think the first two games, I was very impressed. I think I think he performed very well against Everton. He was very solid. Um, Spurs game, likewise. Um, he was solid. Um, but also, against Spurs, he was very, very good in possession. Um, and then Leeds, we get here, you know, I thought his passing was very good, but then obviously he had those those moments where he got two yellow cards. Um, so yeah, what do you what do what do you make of Kulubali's performance and how he started at Chelsea? I think Kulubali is an amazing player, and we all can agree on that. I think there is an acclimatization period that we all need to accept is going to happen. It's he's not going to come in and look amazing from the outset and have no faults. These mistakes are going to happen. Like he was overly eager to nip in front of. I think his name's Aronson, if I'm not mistaken, the the American yeah. international. Yeah, Aronson. And yeah. the first one, he just he just started holding on to him and dragged him back. But one thing I think we need to get used to is he's going to get booked a lot, and that's just purely to the nature of our midfield. There's going to be a lot of opportunities 
for people to isolate him one on one and take him on. Do you, do you think or, that happens when our strongest midfield is playing? So our strongest midfield. So let's say Kante. When Kante is playing, do you think he's still? I think Kante is on the right hand side. So okay, cool. It's it's down the left predominantly. So Kovacic, let's say Kovacic for example. Kovacic. I don't know because sometimes I I don't think Kovacic is the most switched on off the ball either at times. So, but it's normal. There's two there's two of our midfielders. I don't even think it's a bad thing. So we just need to get used to him defending one on one, and he needs to understand when to pick up the yellow and when not to pick up the yellow. It's just an acclimate acclimatization period. Um, okay. I think he's been. I thought he had a good like you. People have been laugh, like have laughed at me. I thought he had a good game. I yeah, no, well, against yellow, Leeds. Yeah, I yeah, me, me, no, no, yeah. He just got annoyed. We're three 0 down, and yeah. he just thought, "I have to take this. Like, I have to get him." When in reality, he should have just let him go because we're losing three 0 anyway. So having him suspended is an issue. But I think the overall performance was good. He was aggressive when he needed to. His passing was very good. The passing was very, very good. And I trust him. I think, like, as a as a back three centre back, when they come out wide. You want to have the ability that if someone goes past him, you want to have the faith that he can get back. And I, I have that in him. So there's no issue for me. Yeah, it's funny because me and Babs were arguing in the, in the, in the group chat about... Because I thought... Because I was saying... he Babs said that he was thinking, I think it was at half-time, before he got sent off. And I was like, no, he's actually had a good game in terms of his passing was very, very good. Um, and I saw that status came out. I think it's yesterday or a couple of days ago about how he's broke the lines the most, something like that. I can't yeah. remember. I'm, I'm not onto it too much nowadays. Uh, yeah, um, Trent, Trent, Trent's first and then Kulabar is him. second. From yeah, yeah, the yeah. yeah. But he, his passing, left foot and right foot, is, is so, so good. It looks really, really good. And Kukurella as well, his passing is also of a high level. I think we saw it in the Sterling chance. I think it was the, the chance that Sterling... Um, in the in the very first minute, no, actually no, it was the chance that Sterling put into the back of the net, the offside. Um, Cucurella's passing is superb, especially first time. Um, drills it, yeah. Proper so drills I, it. I, I, in the first few games, I can proper see why Pep wanted him. I can see it. So I think down that left hand side, we've got something something good there, especially on the ball in terms of passing out and making progressive passes. And the progressive passes thing is so key because, as we all know, as we've said many times. We just have such an issue creating it. It's always very slow and, and you know, very, and it can be very passive. Um, you just sometimes just need that, that just to go from back to front quickly into the space. Um, and Koulibaly's been doing that um, very, very comfortable with his left foot. So I'm liking, I've, I'm liking what I've seen so far, especially on the ball. I've liked what I've seen for the most part with the defending. He, he had some hiccups against Leeds, so we'll watch that space. Um, but overall, I'm 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 pretty all right with him. I'm pretty all right with him. But we'll see. We'll see. It's it's definitely still early days. Um, I think though, one thing on. one thing I do want to just shed light on when it comes to Kulabali, like against Leeds, he had a I think he had a good game. He won five out of eight ground duels. He won four out of four aerial duels. His passing accuracy was seventy eight percent. He he had eight out of sixteen long balls. So for the most part, like he played very well. The only thing that I want to shed a light on is that mistake he made. It shows that even the most experienced defender can make mistakes. Do you get what I mean? Is that at any moment you can lose your head. So I I just wanted to mention that just because of the conversation we had earlier about Trevor and how like a lot of the situations mm-hmm. he's in now is because facts. of his bad form. Yeah, so facts. like if Kulabali, who has all the experience and that's what we signed him for, and that's mm-hmm. what Tuku wants, can make a facts. mistake like that. Then you have to look at Trevor, who's young, 
and have some more grace and understanding and patience. But, but this is the thing, sorry, can I just cut in there? This is the thing with, I don't know about other clubs, but Chelsea culture especially, especially yeah, is that the grace period for young players is not the same as, as the grace that more experienced players or um, players that have been bought get. So, for example, um, if you take, let, 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 let's take Tammy Abraham. Tammy Abraham and Timo Werner, right? So, Timo Werner was signed 50 million. Um, stunk multiple games, multiple games where he was absolutely awful, right? Um, but he was given grace by, you know, the fan base. There's a lot of fans that still kind of ride for him now. You know, he was at the game. He was at the last home game and fans were saying, oh, Timo, I love you. Um, and yeah, just and just genuinely throughout the season, he was supported by the manager, both managers, Lampard and Tuchel, and the fan base. Whereas Tammy didn't get that grace. Do you know what I mean? Tammy, when he came in, um, even though he performed nowhere near as bad as Werner, there was games where he didn't perform well, and it was like, yeah, he needs to he needs to be out straight away. And Tuchel, when Tuchel came, and Tuchel wasn't having him. Um, there was even I'm sure there was even a period where Lampard dropped him for Werner. So. It's 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 a, it's, a, it's a culture that happens. Same thing with Tomori. Rudiger was brought back in um, after having a very very bad lockdown period. Um, so beginning of the season, he was brought back in. Tomori was was pushed to the side. Do you know what I mean? So there's a, there's a culture at Chelsea where it's like it's always the more experienced pro or or the or the expensive signing that's that's prioritised over the youngster, and it, it, it's just sad really. But. Yeah, that's what I'll say on that. Um, yeah, we've got to do better in that aspect. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's optimistic, though, because it seems like something that's just ingrained. But we'll the see. Chelsea way. The Chelsea yeah, way. It's, it literally just seems like that's how it is. Um, but yeah, it's very frustrating. Um, just to, before we move on from the leads, um, let's, let's talk about the same thing we always talk about every single week. It's getting sickening, to be honest. You know, very, very boring. But the attack, let's talk about the attack against Leeds. Um, so we started with Sterling, Havertz and Mount in the front three. Um, I haven't listened to the main pods, but I saw the title. Um, I refuse to listen to the main pod. Yeah, yeah. You know, when there's not a Chelsea rep on there, it's just not worth it, Chelsea fans. And especially so. when uh, when Tobes is on. I just nah. know it's going to be Kai Havertz yeah. and I can't listen to it. When well, there's not a Chelsea rep on there, yeah, I don't know if it's worth listening to Chelsea fans. But anyway, I digress. Um, so yeah, um, let's let's talk about it because I thought I thought Sterling was 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 bright in the first half, um, faded a little bit in the second half. But I think the team generally in the second half was, was just poor. I think we were very very poor in the second half personally. But first yeah. half, I think him and the team were pretty pretty good. I think him especially was he was bright and he has been bright across the three games. Um, so he's, I think he's been unlucky not to score. Um, but yeah, he's, he's looking threatening, I think. So I've got, I've got no issues there. I think it's the other two that we, we kind of need to talk on, um, unless you disagree with the Sterling point. Um, Kai seems very, very anonymous. Um, and now I'm someone that's supported Kai over the past couple of years because I thought um, he was a great talent coming over from Germany. But um, yeah, last... Sorry, guys, I had to mute. There was a car going past. But yeah, sorry, last couple of games, I'm not liking what I've seen. Um, I can't lie. I don't, I don't feel. Like, I think actually Spurs game. I think he was. He was. He was. He was pretty good. But the Everton and Leeds game. I haven't liked what I've seen from him. Um, so we'll, we'll focus on Leeds because that's the most recent game. And um, I thought he was just pretty anonymous. I didn't think he was offering anything at all. And it was very, very disappointing for me, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Like, what, what did you guys think of him? Like, for me, I, 
Yeah, it was a bit scary for me. It was a bit scary. It, was, it, felt, yeah. it felt like we were playing with 10 men. Yeah, he, he looked anonymous. And I think the worst thing is when the ball did go into him, it bounced off him. It just like he wasn't at the races at all. And the worst thing is he just doesn't convince you with any belief that he's going to go past his his man when it's one-on-one. Like, is that his game, though? No, but the thing is, he's asked to do it. And this is what's frustrating. He's being put... Like, there were a number of times where he gets... He turns around, he's looking at the defender, and he's running at him. And he does those step-overs that... I just don't understand, like, why he's even attempting them. But he loses very the ball. Scary. Everything's very... It looks lethargic, and it looks very slow. But it, when he's on song, and that comes off, it looks amazing. The problem is... is he had a good game against Spurs. I think he had a very good game against Spurs. It's just now, he. The thing is, him, Mount, and Sterling were isolated as well. I like. We can't put too much like fault on them because there were so many occasions when they pick up the ball, they're just surrounded by five, six men, and in tight areas. And unless it's a pinpoint combination to get in behind, nothing's going to work out. There's no options. Um. He he was he's been poor. I can't even make excuses for him. Like he's genuinely been very poor in the first game and the, this third game. He needs to improve. Otherwise, he most probably will get dropped. And yeah, I yeah. think that's pending. I think I think it's unfortunate. Brio was injured because um I think he might have got some some minutes against Leeds. Um, Joe, what, what's your thoughts on Kai? Kai is Kai is a tricky one. He's a player that I do like, and sometimes I like him in theory. Then what I actually see in reality. Yeah, same. And in the Leeds game, I can't lie, he was appalling. I don't even think he had a shot. I don't even think he, he took a shot that yeah, whole just game. Just nothing, man. Just yeah, his nothing. dribble attempts, zero out of two. He had 39 touches. He only, like, had nine... He had 17 out of 19 accurate passes. He didn't win any ground duels. You get what I mean? Like, he was very missing in the game. And to be fair, Sterling didn't do that much either. To be fair, he had like maybe a key pass. He had a shot off target, but he didn't have that much of an influence in the game. And I, I feel like half he was he was bright, but yeah, sorry, continue. Now he was, but at the same time, I don't think you bring Sterling to the team to be the guy that's gonna create things. You want him to be the person that's getting into the positions to finish. Do you get what I mean? Use his space to get behind lines. But with Kai, you kind of expect him to be that link man, that guy that gets the ball from deep. He moves it to the wide players and he tries to find himself in central scoring positions. Or even if he's drifting wide, you expect him to create overloads. Do you get what I mean? This is what you expect from Kai. But I don't know, man. It's like some days you see a, you see him and you think, wow, I get why we spend that money on him. And then some days you just think, like, how is he getting minutes over certain other players? Do you get what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think this season is very important for him to really show consistency because after this season, I don't know how much time we can really give him because he's been here I, for that three seasons. I don't think there's any time. This is the first season. So it's, it's, it's actually now or never. And like you, you said, I mean? you hit the nail on the head, it's consistency because I think... It, we've seen it in in like little spurts. So I think last season in the winter, no, not winter period, sorry, from like February, like Jan, end of Jan, from from the League Cup game, the League Cup final against Liverpool onwards. I think he was he was actually very good, um, you know, produced in some 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 good games against Real Madrid and, and Liverpool. And yeah, I think generally he was he was he was showing a lot more than Lukaku, and he was making us a better team. Um, 
when he was in the team other than Lukaku. Um, but yeah, I feel like the 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 moments, the periods where he's not performing well is way more than obviously them the times that he is. It's it's too short um when he is performing. So yeah. You start looking for excuses, Shems. And this yeah. is where I, I start noticing myself doing it. Same. Yeah. Like for example, I start going, Oh, but if you look at this statistic, he's made make the most sprints in behind and no one's finding him. And I start hearing myself after and I'm like, what are you doing? Like you weren't yeah. making these excuses for Lukaku. You wouldn't make these excuses for Timo Werner. Yeah, but it's nah. because yeah. you've got so much stock invested into this player. Like you kind of want him to because he's got talent. We all know that. It's just a matter of unlocking it and whether it works out at Chelsea. Like I have no no doubt if he goes to another club and it clicks for him. Mm. I just think we have to be patient. And another thing, it's only been three games. We can't Yeah. But I like, think I think it's also kind of when you think about the last two seasons have been so first season on the whole didn't go too great apart from the very, very ending. Last season, you know, he had a good, he had a fairly good second half of the season, I'd say. Um, but he didn't play first half of the season. Once. Yeah, he like, did. He was, he was lot... in that. Yeah, he was in and out of the team. To be fair, there was a lot of what's it called coming on. You know those Batshuayi minutes. I call it. Yeah, like yeah, 15 yeah. Minutes, and it makes it look like you've had a hundred appearances, but in reality, think, yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying to think back. I think Lukaku got injured around like November. I think it was, and then, then that's when he kind of. Yeah, playing. and Kai started starting around about like this December, and then he consistently stayed in the team, and he won that place off Lukaku. In my Actually, what it was is that he wasn't the front man. He was he was he started off the season playing to the right. No, sorry, as a two, I think with Lukaku, and also to the right. And then mm-hmm. it's actually when Lukaku injured, he actually started playing centrally. So I think he did play, but he just didn't play centrally. But anyway, I digress. But I've yeah. got a question for you too, Mason Mount. Yeah, because I think he's criminally getting away with his performances. Okay. I, I think, like, Kai Kai consistently gets it, right? And with Mason Mount, I think everyone always says, oh, he's energetic, he ch- harries, he presses. I didn't see it. I didn't see it the, against the, Leeds, the, and I didn't see yeah. it against Everton. The thing, the thing with Mason Mount, yeah, that's, like, different with Kai, is that whether you like Mason or not, he's got credibility in the bank. Do you get me? Like, last season, yeah. was it, like, it was, I think he was our top scorer in the, in the league, and all competitions, what, 29 goals and assists? Season before that, he had that great Champions League run um, where he was pivotal to us winning Champions League. And I think also on the two call, he was probably one of the better players. Um, so he's just got that credibility. So but I agree like- with you. I agree with you. I don't think he was good against Leeds. And I think um, I think a lot of what we lack in terms of ingenuity, in terms of, you know, creative passes, creative things, um, it, 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 like a lot of it is, is his weakness. Um, yeah, like imagine crazy. Madison in that yeah. position, like a Madison yeah. in between yeah, the yeah. lines, spreading the balls through. Like we need that sort of creativity from one of the front three. We agree that Sterling's not that guy. He's there to be on the end of things. Kai yeah. is the yeah, first okay. nine, mm-hmm. and then that third guy needs to be creative. Like he, and for some reason, you have games where Mason Mount picks it up, he drops into the pockets, and he looks good. But then you have Everton and Leeds where. He wants to be on the end of things mm. when his role should be the creator. But it's just Do you know what? Do you know what it is though? I feel like normally I'm someone that has a lot of criticism for Mason Mount. But I feel like in the least game, he had four key passes, which was more than the rest of the attack. Do you get what I mean? And it's like, to be fair, his long balls were like, he only got two out of four. And I think he only had three out of seven crosses. But 
it's a thing of like he's someone that helps out in the midfield to win the ball back as well as someone that's trying to create but also he has that like he wants to get forward and score the goals so I do agree to a certain extent that we can't not rely on him to be our primary creator because I don't think all his skill sets are for that role but against Leeds I feel like he was the least of our problems in my opinion I, I agree to an extent. And one thing I want to add to that as well is that I feel like we just need to accept Mason for what he is. I feel like people, we know what he is, right? And I feel like people are, where you get disappointed is when you expect him to do things that he's just not, he's just not him. Do you know what I mean? So yep. I think Jamie Carragher highlighted it on Monday Night Football very, very well last week when they were breaking down the Tottenham game. That There's a reason why he gets picked is because, you know, his ability to carry out the manager's instructions um, to a T and that's that's very whether you like it or not that's key for managers in terms of tactics it's key for them um, and also you all know he has got quality in terms of you know he can if he's in the round of box he can produce some quality um, but yeah when you get disappointed it's when you start expecting him to like produce these these threading balls to feed the line um, and I'm not saying that he's, he should be exempt from that criticism I'm not saying that at all but he's clearly just not capable of doing it to a high level do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, why do we still keep expecting him to do it and just keep getting disappointed? Do you know what I'm saying? We need to actually buy someone who can do that. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, the problem is, you think... buy that player, where does he play? And this, yeah, this that's is... a whole other problem, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's where we start looking at the system. Yeah, yep. you start looking at the system or you start looking at personnel. Yeah. And he's the one that will get replaced if you buy that player. I, I, I do agree with that. I, I definitely do agree with that. I feel like if you get, like, a, let's say, a Jao Felix or a Bernardo Silva, someone like that, I feel like... For me, I would have them in there on that right-hand side. I'd, I'd take my arch straight away because then you've got that ingenuity guy, you've got a quality player like Sterling, and then you've got whoever's up front. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I do agree with that. But at the same time, whilst we don't have that guy, it's, it, I don't see how he, he doesn't stay in the team. Like It's very difficult we, to, to, to drop him because then you're asking yourself, okay, cool, why, why does why should he be dropped and Kai stay in? Do you know what I mean? It doesn't really make any no, sense. No, 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 but I've got, I've got no problem. Yeah, I, I know you're not saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you're not saying that, but I'm just so saying like, like... But I'm just saying there needs to be a conversation held about Mount's performances as well. Because the last... What I hate about goals and assists, like, mm-hmm. sometimes, they mask a picture that isn't real. So, like, a player can go and get two braces, a hat-trick, and it looks like... You scored five, so you scored five five goals. Then you go on seven four games, and it's five goals in nine games, mm-hmm. and it looks like you've been perfect from a statistical standpoint. It's one and two nearly, well, it is one and two, mm-hmm. but in reality, you had seven seven games where you scored blanks and most probably had average performances. Mm-hmm. So we can't purely judge amount of like oh, oh no, hundred percent. Yeah, uh, like hundred percent. So sorry, by the way, when I say that credibility, I do feel like the performances do match for the most part for the most part yeah in terms of that that that, those last two years in my opinion that's just my opinion you can disagree no 100 percent. that's just my opinion i think on the tool call like performance wise i think they have matched um what we've seen on the on the stats um i think he has performed better than most um in my opinion um but like i said I think with Mount again, we focus a lot on what he's bad at, and and to be fair, what he's what his weaknesses do kind of um, have been seen because if he did, if he had what we need in terms of you know the engineering and and the passing and stuff like that, then he would be like this complete player. But unfortunately, he doesn't. That's life. You just have to accept him for what he is. Do you know what I mean? But Chelsea fans keep disappointing themselves time and time again, expecting him to just change. 
from from what he was last week to what he is. Do you know what I mean? Like it doesn't it's, for me, it doesn't make any sense. But don't get me wrong. As much as I like Mike, I do get frustrated as well from the times where he doesn't get his head up and he doesn't execute that pass. I, it frustrates me too. But I think it's just the fact just accepting what he is. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I'm not gonna. Yeah. I don't think he's gonna change overnight. Do you know what I mean? Trust. Um, but don't you think that? Right. It, but then the way I look at it with Mount and like the frustrations, like I agree with you 100. percent But then I think we're now at the point where it's like. The frustration isn't as much on Mount, but more of the fact that we need that profile of we a need creator it. in the team. Mm-hmm. And we do have the profile, but Tuchel just doesn't want to use him in it. So it's a thing of, if you don't want to use the profile we do have in Callum, then you need to go to the market and get that guy for us. Do you get what I mean? Because you can't get all these guys that like to shoot and then be surprised when we're not creating enough or creating enough high-quality chances for them to finish. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, I completely agree. I completely agree. Um, I think that was a nice leads segment, a leads thorough breakdown. Um, so just to swing back quickly into transfers, um, obviously you you, you you kind of segued into that mentioned Callum, but um, before we touch on him, I, as we, we spoke about Kai and the front man, um, so we've been you know linked with Abamyang, well, more than linked to it. It seems like the, the last thing I heard was that um, talks were strong or something like that i can't i can't actually remember yeah. um, super close is super close report? yeah yeah from cbs okay cool how long ago was that uh, literally a couple of hours ago uh okay, ben cool. jacobs came out and said 18 million pounds with potential add-ons based on performance like metrics okay cool cool i swear when you're not on twitter for a little bit you just miss so much anyway um so yeah i guess it's a very simple question what what, what are our thoughts on abamia coming to the team um I mean, I've been relying a lot on my Arsenal friends to give me some the, some details of what they think on him. Can you give like me that. their thoughts, please? Because I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. so torn. Cool. So I spoke to, shout out German Dan. Um, I, I asked him on the, on the TL. He said that he doesn't think Aubameyang is completely finished. He still thinks he can get goals. Um, but um, he's, not, he's, he's limited because he's not going to give us for example, what they're getting with Jesus. And I think we've watched the Bamiyang in the league long enough to know that. We already knew that kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? I think in yeah. terms of, if, if you're expecting the Bamiyang to do more than just net, I think we're going to be a little bit disappointed. Apart from net, netting and running into the channels, I don't know. I don't think he does really much more than that. Um, it's not the worst thing in the world considering Chelsea lack goals. But yeah, I think he that part I kind of already knew. I think the part I found interesting was him thinking, was um, Dan thinking that um, Aubameyang is completely finished. And that was also mirrored by one of my other Arsenal friends in another group chat that I asked. And he said the same thing. He said that he doesn't think, um, he thinks Aubameyang can still get goals. Um, and that, you know, the form towards the end of the Arsenal period was kind of 50-50 in terms of um, Arteta, the Arteta problem, and him also kind of just declining a little bit. Um, but then when you look at his La Liga record, he scored 11 goals in 17 games. So then it's like, oh, okay. Do you know what I mean? Um, so, which is a pretty good record. So, yeah, what are you guys' thoughts? I mean, me personally, I'm not to- totally against it. Um, I, we've discussed in length what Kai hasn't been given us in two of the games we played this season um, and how badly we lack goals. And I think also for me, um, we only have one threat in attack right now. And that's Sterling. And it's just not enough. It's the same as last season. Last season, our only threat in attack was really Mason Mount. Like, 
if we're keeping it for for the most part. If 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 opposition teams face Chelsea, they look at the front three. It was only really Mount that they were like, oh, he might do something. No one's really scared of anyone else. But I think if you get if it's like Abba and Sterling, there's like okay, do you know what I mean? And I think also when you've got two threats in there, it then allows like a Mason Mount to kind of just be there to be there if that makes sense in terms of um, that midfielder who's kind of a fake attacker. Um, but when you don't have another threat, then it's like, you know, it doesn't really make, it, 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 it shines on him more. Um, so I think, yeah, we need another threat and attack. So that's why I'm not completely against it. Um, but yeah, what, what do you think, Joe? Do you know what it is? It's one of the ones where it could pay off or it could be absolutely horrible or there could be a bit of a middle ground. But the way I look at it is that when we watch the Tottenham game, we watch the Leeds game, do we feel like what is missing in that attack is a Bamiyang? Is that the profile that we really need? With That's Kai, very, it makes it, it makes it difficult. It makes mm. it difficult because Kai is the guy that you put up front to get goals, but he's also in that false nine position. So you kind of need him to get involved with the play and the build-up. And we know that's not Aubameyang's strengths. So a lot of the times we've got to be able to build up without him being like predominantly involved in it. And I'm just not sure how that's going to work out when we are lacking a creative profile anyways. So it's like, who's going to be that profile and how are we going to line up and like how are they going to mold together with all the different roles to make sure that Aubameyang gets the goals that we need that's where I'm kind of like mm, I'm not sure what yeah. was really thinking I think I think you raised some good points there and I think um I think in my opinion I think we need the goals more than we need the link the quote-unquote link-up play from the false nine in, in Kai um so th- th- that's where I stand on that one um also, I think uh, Tuchel, obviously Tuchel, um, Aubameyang probably, I think he had his most productive period on the Tuchel and they obviously have a very good relationship. So that obviously is part of it. But Tuchel obviously feels he can get um, something out of him um, like he did at Dortmund. But um, I also, I share your concern in a different way. I think my thing is if you've got a striker who doesn't do much else other than get on the end of things and score, um, you're then relying on the team to create for him. And we don't create that much. Um, yeah. I think I think you guys were doing Sterling a little bit of a disservice in terms of his creativity. I think Sterling can create chances. Um, and I think it would be kind of interesting them too. I think they, they could work together. And um, yeah, that would be my my only fear. But if you think about chances like the chance against um, Everton um, that Kai had, Aubameyang next up. Do you know what I mean? Um, so if he's getting on to the end of crosses from Reese James, like low crosses, he's, he's netting that. If he's you know, running in behind... Um, and we can find him, and he's in, he's through on goal one on one. He's I, I, I'm pretty confident he's going to score. Um, he's poaching as well. If the ball falls to him in, in the box, I'm pretty confident he's going to put it away. So there's definitely two sides to the coin. Um, but yeah, that that's that's kind of my view. What, what, what do you think, Alexis? I'm very torn because I think I've been programmed as a Chelsea fan to expect more from forwards, number nines. So like in my head, I instantly go to oh, but will he, will he do the ugly side of the game? Will, will our pressing be there? And I'm starting to think about more than just the output. When in reality, we know he'll get goals. It's the overall consequences of his goals because we're focusing on him. So, for example, I was very against Ronaldo coming in because I, I didn't think it was going to work from an all-round package. 
But how dissimilar is Aubameyang to Ronaldo in reality? I don't think but they're similar, personally. You don't think they're similar? I, I think Aubameyang gives you more in terms of off the ball, like pressing. Okay. And obviously, I think Aubameyang is still physically in a bet, in much better shape than Ronaldo. So he can get about the pitch a bit more. But yeah, carry on. I'm really, I'm really worried about Aubameyang like when we don't have the ball and just how... I think it's the age issue. And I'm just so programmed in my head to think, oh, he's 33, he's past it. Because at Barcelona, like the stats are showing... I, didn't, I don't watch Barcelona on a regular basis, so I can't really like comment on his performances. But... The highlights I've seen, he looked good. But at the same time, I've seen him in that bad phase at Arsenal. And I'm really, like, I've been burnt with number nines for so long at Chelsea that it's hard for me to believe in one again. Oh, you and me both. Yeah. I, think, I think we're all in, in, in that sense, we're all there. I don't think anyone can get, optim- any Chelsea fan or any of us can get optimistic about any number nine until they actually perform. So and even then we're just gonna wait for four months because Morata banged for the first as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one thing I will add on to that is that I do I don't think personally I feel like Sterling can create for us. I don't think that's a, a a question that we need to ask. He will be able to create for us, but the question is, is that how we're gonna utilize the best of him? Do you get what I mean? Do we want him to be the guy that's getting the ball deep and Beating this amount of man to then set up someone else. Do you get what I mean? Like we kind of want him to be with Aubameyang in the sense of getting into these goal-scoring positions because those are the two arguably best striking options we will have in the team. Do you get what I mean? So it's like with Aubameyang, my fear is making sure we have the right profiles in the attack with him to make sure that we can get the best out of him as well as the others. That's just what I'm really scared about. I think him and Sterling plus one is fine, in my opinion. And I, I think it'll, it'll probably be Mount. And then if Mount's resting... I really want to see what happens with Kai, you know? Because mm. if Aubameyang comes in, I think Aubameyang guaranteed to be the nine. And then mm-hmm. Havertz is fighting for his Chelsea career because what he has two years left on his deal in, in June. Are the right. club going to give Broja? him... Yeah, like, what are the clubs going to give him a new deal? Like, it's questions that need to be asked now, like, mm. at the end of this summer. Because we're seeing the position politics in now. And we're seeing the position, like, chosen. In in all honesty, I think I think Kai sits down. Because I think, if, if, from, if you look at it from a two-call perspective right now, yeah, I don't think he has much... I don't think he has much time to kind of just, like, be patient, you know what I mean? And just kind of persist with not, with what's not working, if that makes sense. I think he's yeah. kind of trying to just succeed now. Like, you know, last season we put up, a, we were like, we were top for like 10 weeks and then it fell apart. Do you know what I mean? Um, I think he's desperate to improve on that, on that league um, performance and close the gap. Um, and he knows what we need. Like he, he's got rid of Lukaku, he's got rid of Werner. Pulisic is almost on the way out. He's basically trying to get rid and, and switch up the attack. So I feel like I don't think he. I don't think he. I think he's in a state right now. I don't. I don't think he's. He's got much patience in terms of you know. He's in win now mode. Yeah, yeah. Like right now, where he's at now, we're two and a half years in. I think he's at a point where if if you're not performing, then you're just going to be out of the team. I don't think he's going to persist with Kai if if it doesn't get better. So if no, Aubameyang comes in, I think Aubameyang is coming straight in to to play the nine. And Mount is very key to two. Is important to two calls. So I think Mount stays as well. So I think that's the front three. 
Um, but yeah, but also just another thing to add on to just another point I forgot to mention. I do like the idea of having two fast players in attack. So Aubameyang and Sterling are, are, are pretty quick. Um, I think that yeah. could be decent in terms of um, was giving us a bit more in a transition and um, just yeah, just being a bit more threatening. Do you know what, Do you know what I mean? Like we're so blunt. I don't know. Ugh, we are so blunt <laughs> in attack. Like I look, I watch our attack every game. I'm just like this. Is not threatening. This is just no source. There's nothing threatening. Yeah, there's nothing threatening about it. So, like, yeah, we'll, we'll just see how that goes in it. Um, what then, do you guys think will happen to Broja though? You bring in Abamian. I think the Broja one's interesting because I think whilst Kai was the main line, I think Broja was going to get a lot of game time, a lot of minutes. Um, I don't think I'm not going to write it off completely if Aubameyang comes in because I still feel like too cool um, will still use Kai to the right hand side like he has a couple of times a season, so there could still be chances there for Broya to come in and play. Um, so I'm not writing it off yet completely, in my opinion. And the fact that Tuchel's already Tuchel brought him on twice gave him a few. I think his Everton cameo was very good. Gave him some trust minutes against Spurs. Um, it clearly shows that at least the manager, you know, at least he's you know. He, he wants to give him a little bit of an opportunity. So I don't think it's completely done for him, in my opinion. Like I said, if he wasn't injured at the weekend, I think he comes on. Do you know what I mean? I don't know, to be yeah. honest. You don't, you don't think so? It, he gave Pulisic minutes, he gave Ziyech minutes, and he hopped on the plane to Amsterdam. I just think that the fact that Obama yeah, think... isn't here, I feel like who else are you going to really put up front outside of Broja at that moment? Do you get what I mean? I feel like it's kind of similar with Trev in the sense it's like he's there and he's an option. And if we can't get anybody else in, it's kind of like, I don't mind using him. But if I got a better option I can bring in, then it could be sticky. That's a fair But point. the thing is with Brozier as well, I think Tuchel views him as someone he can use off the twin tents, weirdly enough. Like, I don't think he just purely sees him as a nine. Most probably like a runner in, that, in, in that Sterling position. That's interesting because Daniel... Daniel's spoken about this in a group chat a couple of times that um, he said that Brozier can play the wide positions too. Um, so yeah, what, what, yeah, elaborate on that. What makes you kind of like think that? I think because I wouldn't even be surprised if Aubameyang gets played there. Like for example, if they play Kai as the false nine, as almost like the Firmino type, and then you have the two two wide players almost making runs in behind as as the direct forwards almost. And Brozier's is explosive. He can carry the ball well. He shoots on sight, which I love. Like because Chelsea mm. just don't have those like. Players that will carry a ball and just shoot straight away. Um, and he reminds me of Mitchell. Well. Yeah. Reminds me of Costa. Yeah. And what else is nice with him is he hassles and harries defenders. He'll yeah, chase yeah. balls that That's aren't. What you need. Mm. Like, the, he'll, he'll do what Arison done to Mendy. Like, he'll chase it even yeah. though it's not on. And it'll Absolutely. cause problems. And Absolutely. It just it makes mayhem in defensive's, defenders' heads because they're like, do I have three seconds or a second now? I and agree. It, and Tuchel loves that. Like Tuchel is a passion merchant manager. He I loves agree. all that stuff. I, he, I think, in my opinion, I think he prefers the dirty side of the game more than the technical security of a player. This is why yeah. I knew Conor Gallagher was always going to get an opportunity under Tuchel. Mm, so, interesting. And Brozier fits all those criteria. So I don't think he's going anywhere if it's up to Tuchel. Mm. Interesting. Mm. It'll be interesting to see how it works out, though. Do you, do you do you guys think another part of it as well is um because I remember when he was talking about Ben Chilwell when he was he was talking about the signing of Cucurella 
And I remember him saying this press conference. This is what I like watching Tuchel press conference because he's very clear in it. And he just, he basically said, "We're signing Kukurella. It gives us the the um, it allows us to say to Chilwell that we don't need you absolutely now, and we don't need you to perform like right now, coming off the back of your your injury." And it relieved the pressure from Chilwell. Do you think maybe a part of that that pressure element might be on his mind in terms of he wouldn't want because Broya is still 18, 19, very very young, like giving him that so much you know like um that that let's say give him that first choice number nine for example let's say let's say we didn't sign a Bamiang and Kai weren't performing and thrown um Bruyere in there um for a number of games do you think maybe in his mind he thinks the pressure might be a bit much for a young kid like that and do you think maybe that could be an understandable reasoning if it was so I don't know do you know what I mean because I think for him someone like of Bruyere's age I think it's kind of perfect to be like a backup striker, in my opinion. Because he's so just, right. I think it's perfect, in my opinion. Because he was um, a backup striker at Southampton, technically. Like he he started games here and there, but I think he's there was a good chunk of games he came off the bench, and he got six and thirty three, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so learning at Chelsea, he's going to get Carlin Cup or Carabao Cup minutes. He'll he'll get the occasional Champions League, like end of group stage start. He'll get the occasional start in the Premier League. It's just. And the way Kai started the season, there is a very... That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. coming in with no pressure. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So I, I'm not, I'm not going to write that off just yet. Um, there's one, Sorry, there's also, before we move on from Bramian, there's one thing you touched on as well that I want to move on, that I want to talk about. You, you know what you said about Bramian playing in the left channel? I think yeah. um, one thing... I don't know if you guys have noticed it, but I think this season, um, there's been quite a bit of rotation, particularly between Sterling and Kai, in terms of... Tuchel cool will start with Sterling as the, the central nine. But there's a lot of rotation. Like, Tuchel, um, Sterling will go out left, um, especially in that Everton game. He was basically across the whole line. And then in Leeds game, especially, I noticed that Sterling kicked off like at the nine. Then obviously went out to the left. Kai was sometimes on the right. Mount was sometimes in the middle. So I feel like if um, Abba was to come in, um, the, the opportunity for rotation would be even greater because Aubameyang is someone that's played in the left channel before. Um, so I think him and Sterling could potentially rotate. But um, Let's move on from that. Um, Anthony Gordon, fellas, what are we saying? I think, there's a, I think there's a listener's question on this. It might be a nice segue into it. Uh, let me try to find it. Give me a second. Um, yeah, so where are we? Uh, yeah, cool. It's obvious we need a midfielder who who can we realistically get out there with the... Okay, no, sorry. Yeah, Snip asks, can someone explain the Anthony Gordon signing? So what, what are you guys' thoughts on Anthony Gordon? Signing essentially very, very confusing. I have no understanding of why is it confusing because, like, when I look at the squad and I look at what we need, I'm not 100% sure the first name on my in my head would be Anthony Gordon. Do you get what I mean? Like, we need a creative profile. Yes, we do need someone that is aggressive 1v1, but at the same time, it's like I don't know, like, what exactly what role is he really going to have in the attack? And yes, he may be a good wing-back option, but, like, we got Reese James, like, unless he's going to be a backup for Reese James, I'm just not really fully sure why that's the name we're going for. Do you get what I mean? I think you hit the nail on the head. If he go comes in to play right wing-back and we sign Fofana, he comes in as the oh, he comes in as the second choice. Then we're just throwing £60 million on a player that doesn't is going to be a bench player. And reports came out this morning that 
Tuchel's fascination with this player started after the first game of the season. Apparently, he, he loved his was, energy. I think it was the game last season, and then oh. this season as well. I think it was, yeah, I, think I heard it on like yeah. So so maybe it was the maybe I'm mistaken, but apparently it was the energy the kid had, mm. and Tuchel just said he wants to work with him. Mm. I saw his four goals in 52 games, right? We're not purely judging him off his goal. But the goals were all deflections. Like, <laughs> I don't think he's coming to be a goal scorer, though. That's the thing. And I think... Go on. 60 mil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I think... Well, I think... Callum out on loan. Shocking business, man. Yeah, what? Well, yeah. Callum's a, is twice the player he is. Mm, yeah. Callum's shocking, a better player. Shocking, shocking, I don't know how much better, but Callum, Callum's a better player, in my opinion. It's clear, um, in my Ka- opinion. It's very... Yeah, it's very... No, it's very, very clear that Callum's a better player. Um, I would much but the problem is, is the explosiveness. Yes, this it's is literally and, what Tuchel likes. This is, and this is what I was going to get onto. So where I differ from you guys a little bit is that I'm not as confused as to why Tuchel's going for him. I think it's quite clear, in my opinion. I think the intensity, the aggression, I think the ball carrying and the 1v1, I think it's something that we don't have that. We don't have a ball carrier. We don't have a, a 1v1 um, specialist. And I, Oh, well, Sterling aside, I forgot Sterling just signed. But Gordon, if you if you watch him, I've been, I've been very impressed by Gordon at Everton. And um, I've liked his intense intensity. I've liked on the ball. I, he's a, he, he's very direct, and mm-hmm. we don't we don't have players. We don't have apart from Sterling. We don't have many players that have Gordon's attributes, in my opinion. And also, he's very very quick, very very quick. Um, so Chems, but you know, he doesn't he yeah, yeah. stand out enough. Yeah, let me land. Let me land. Let me land. Let me land. So right, for man. me, for me, I think I'm not as confused yeah. as to why Tuchel likes him and likes his profile of player. But where I do kind of agree with you guys is that I don't know what role he'll have. Um, I don't know if he's going to be an attack or he's going to be a wing. Um, I also don't think 60 mil, spending 60 mil on someone that's not going to start every game is, well, you know, I don't know if that's, I don't know. Just just on him, I don't know if he's worth 60 mil. Um, Whether you kind of are big on prices or not, it's different from every fan. But I still feel like it's a lot of money to kind of just spend on someone um, who's literally just had a breakout, and I, I don't know if he's he's of that that look. Yeah, if it was like thirty mil, forty mil, then cool. But um, yeah, sixty is a bit it is a bit pricey. But um, yeah, and just in terms of in terms of Callum as well, um, I think Callum gives a lot of creative passes, um, creates a lot of chances for us. Um, but I think Callum does lack kind of the in, the intensity a little bit. Um, and I can kind of see how outside of so outside of like Sterling, how that would kind of be the next person that has that um, on the ball. That is not not off the ball. That on is the, fair. Do you know what I mean? But he's not that great of a decision maker. If you look at Gordon, like Gordon's not he's not a better decision maker. He's definitely not a better ball carrier. He's not a better player. Better one v one. He's probably not better at anything that Callum does. Full stop. And the so thing maybe is, even with intensity and the, maybe the mm. maybe he's a bit more direct. Because I, I I do because I think if we're being honest, the one the directness in terms of going at your, your man has gone out of Callum's game recently. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But other than that, yeah, I, I do stand with you. I don't think he he does he's much. Shems, you know I what? Think that, it's uh, shocking what, business, pick, man. No, but you know what makes this deal even worse? We start hearing that Pedro Neto is available for fifty million, and then there was an article that said Adama Traore is available for ten million, and. I asked myself the question, Gordon or Adama Traore? Same level. Like, yeah. it's mm, I think I think Gordon's better. He's got more technical think... ability, so that's why. Yeah, what, like, I, think, I think Gordon's better. Well, I don't know, man. Like, like, I don't know I, how I think it's quite comfortable. 
<laughs> I, I, I put it this way: either one of them right wing back is or, it's no big or, deal for me. Or we just don't sign either of them and get a better option, in my opinion. But I guess Tuchel wants to make his job harder for himself, so we'll see how it plays <laughs> out. Oh man, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. Um, sixty mil, scary, scary, yeah. scary, scary. You can't ignore the. I, I can't ignore the price tag. Um, and yeah, again, no scary. matter how you try. It's because it's a precedent being set for future business. It's a pressure, as well. yeah, and it's pressure as well. Yeah, and now, right? Next time we go to buy a player, that's going to be used. Like I know people say, "Oh, it's not our, like it's not our money," but I don't think we're going to have many. Well, I can't confirm that, but how many transfer windows are we going to have where we spend two hundred and fifty million or whatever we're going to spend this window? So, having Gordon come in at sixty. Next time around, when you go for another winger, that's going to be the starting fee. Sadly yeah. enough, I, I just feel like we pay whatever the club want, whatever um, the team were negotiating with want a lot of the time. Um, yeah. But anyway, that's I digress. Let's 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 wrap up with some listeners' questions. So um, another question from Snip: um, It's obvious we need a midfielder or two. Who can we realistically realistically get out there with the window closing soon? Any names, guys? I like the idea of Ruben Neves. I really okay. do. Decent shot. Like yeah, I like the passing range. I like the fact that he offers a threat on goal when he's given time and space. The, uh, I think he covers ground decently. Uh, I don't think he's the most mobile, but we have the ball majority of the time and he's comfortable enough in possession when there's a press on him. And he's acclimatized to the league and I don't think he'll cost too much. Decent shout. Joe, any names? Now, to be fair, I can therefore agree with um, Alexis when it comes to Neves. He's therefore someone that I like. And I like, is it Kakuret? He plays in the French League, French DM. I think he plays for uh, Lyon. Um, no idea. Math Dogs Babs, that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's therefore a nice, he's a therefore nice player. That he we sounds like a Babs guy. Yeah, he's therefore a Babs nice, my nice youth team correspondent. <laughs> Sounds like one of yeah, them. One of them man's guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. Uh, if I was to answer that question, I don't have any names, but it would be someone who is a second to, to third. Um, yeah, let me rephrase that. Someone who plays passes from the second third to the final third, because I think we have a lot of first third to second third progression. We need someone from second third to third third. Um, someone, if you look at Man City, like Gundahan, Kevin De Bruyne, like. That ilk, do you know what I mean? Like, okay, maybe Jenny, I can would you take De Jong, Frankie De Jong. Um, yeah. yeah, I think I would. You know, the only thing, the only thing with the De Jong um thing is just that the only reason why is just because we have so many midfielders right now, and like mm-hmm. after we signed Kearney, I was just like, well, there's there's no point signing like a De Jong now because then we have yeah. like eight midfielders. Do you know what I mean? That's that's my only thing. Um, but yeah, I, I would take De Jong. I can't lie, I I, I take him. Yeah. I'd yeah, bite my hand off for I bite my hand off for um for Madison to be honest. I definitely think he's is Madison a midfielder though. Yeah, you don't think I he's think, a midfielder? No, no, no. Sorry, let me rephrase that. I think I think he means the double six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone that can play in a double six. I think I think that's what the question is though. Don't you think? Yeah, I, I think Kovacic, you got Jorginho, you got Ruben, you got Gallagher. Even though some people may argue, but. All these guys, that's enough. I feel like that's enough people to play in the double six. And for what you say about what you need in the second, the third phase, 
I kind of been I kind of think if you put Madison in that like mount role where he kind of mm-hmm. yeah drops deep into midfield, I feel like that would be a better option for us. Or even if we do the is it the three five two and have him as one of the eights, I still feel like that is if we're gonna get a midfielder, is mm-hmm. that's what we need in my opinion, that creator from the central positions. No, no, I agree. I agree. I think the question was getting at the profile of midfielder. I, I, I would infer because I agree with you because we have uh, so many midfielders. I, I, in terms of numbers wise, why would we need another one? But I, I'm just going to assume that it means the profile because uh, Shem, there's it, another it, midfielder available. Um, I wouldn't have to take him, but Yuri Tielemans. Would he mm, want to take? Not him? for me. Oh, not for me. Too similar. What we got? Too similar. Okay, so we all one. agree on that. Then. No way. Not for me. Okay. Cool. Uh, question. This is a question that I think Joe might like. Um, from Tiz, is it too soon to want the manager out? Personally, yeah, I'll be, I'll what? be objective. I'll be, I'll be objective. <laughs> okay. Let me be objective. Yeah, respect it. It is a bit too soon because, on like, who are we going to bring in? We don't know, and it's a bit too early in the season, especially with a takeover. Mm-hmm. But. I do believe the takeover has kind of given Tuchel a bit more job security. And mm-hmm. I do believe he needs to step it up. He needs to make sure the attack is working. He mm-hmm. definitely needs to do better with the way he profiles players. He definitely needs to do better with the squad in the sense of like making sure that if we have injuries, we have enough of the right players to play in those positions instead of having to get guys to play out of position. I do believe that he has kind of relaxed a bit and with everyone kind of putting a lot of blame on players and saying these are guys he hasn't signed, I feel like he's kind of used that to his advantage. And for me, I expect a lot from him now because he's getting the money that he wants to get the players that he wants. And if the level doesn't raise and stay there consistently, I think he needs to go. And I don't think we should be too quick to give him a new deal. I feel like we should see how this season goes and see how the squad reacts to him. Because at the end of the day, you can see that there is a bit of another side to Tuku where he can be a bit of a prick, in my opinion. And we've seen that with <laughs> Werner. We've seen that with Callum with the double sub, which was atrocious. But we can move on from oh, that. Come on, man. The funny thing with the Callum thing is that he literally started in the next game against Atletico Madrid away from home. <laughs> yeah, for PR purposes, of course. <laughs> like, oh, like, Champions League really game for PR. Yeah, and, uh, because I don't know about how much one. pressure was on him. Come on, that's be fair. There was definitely a lot of pressure. A lot of people were questioning <laughs> it. And very quickly, he kind of deeped that, oh, raw like... Mm-hmm. Hey, no, Callum's got you on a great payroll, yeah. I can imagine, bro. Listen, man, <laughs> it's all free, man. This is this is um, volunteering, to be honest, man. No, what I'm saying, though, he definitely needs to do better with the way he treats players because, like, that's just not acceptable. And if you're going to be like that, then be like that for every single player in the squad, then. Cool. That's a, that's a very good answer. Well, a very detailed answer. Um, I agree with most of what you said, Joe. I agree with most of what you said. I think um, there is a little bit more you can show. Um, but me personally, I'm, 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 I like Tuchel a lot. So I think there's more to like about Tuchel than there isn't to like about him. So I'm quite biased. So I guess I'm probably not the best person to answer that question. But I think Joe gave a very good answer there. Uh, Alexis? I like Tuchel. Um, I think Tuchel's shown me enough in his tenure he's not perfect yeah uh, I, I like how when we go into big games the boys step it up there's always a plan um, yes that's, that's what i plan. really like there's always a plan and we, yeah. and, I, and we don't do the jose and conte approach where we sit back and pray 
Yeah, there, yeah, yeah. There's a method to our madness in the way we attack them, and it's nice to see. Um, I agree. Can we can we improve in the little games where I think sometimes we walk into those games expecting to win? That's that's where the improvements need to come. And once Absolutely. we start winning in those games, we're going to be closer to the top two. I have faith in him. Like every competition he's been in, apart like I think we've made it to the final. Um, bar that cha- championship yeah. last year. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. We're a good cup team, and the boys step like I can't ask for more. Like he's not perfect. He has mm-hmm. got some faults sometimes. Like like I said, I don't like how dependent he is on experience. I don't like his sometimes how he he thinks defense first instead of attacking, and how we can kill the game. And I don't like his ID in players when he's the director of football as he is at this moment in town and well it's not his job at the end of the day but yeah yeah <laughs> he'll be re- he just he'll step be into it though yeah he just step into he... it though he... but what are you meant to do well what, what do you want him to do really truthfully um to be honest i don't know like if i was bo- if i was the owner i would have like if you're planning and you're bringing all these proposals to roman and whoever was running the bidding process like one of the things I would have in my head prepared is that I need a director of football to come in. And maybe it's a bit too hard to expect that to come in straight yeah, away. I think so maybe I'm being a bit too harsh on him. Yeah. I think, I think it's the right thing. Maybe yeah, I'm being a bit I, too harsh. Like, I th- from what we've heard, they've interviewed the Atletico Madrid guy, the Monaco guy, um, Edwards from Liverpool, like former Liverpool exec, and there's a few others. They're just doing their due diligence, and I'd rather they do that and find the project that they want to build around before, like, you just harry into a situation where you're stuck because and you've an, committed now. Another thing I'll say as well, I feel like the squad, the state of the squad was 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 so was like it needed revamping so badly um, yeah. that I don't think we could have afforded to wait. I feel like we just had to get on with it, but that's just my opinion. But yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think he hit the nail on the head. He's not perfect, too cool. Um, he has his faults. But, um, yeah, uh, for all the bad stuff, like, in terms of people forget that, you know, he's, he's literally dumped on all the top managers in Europe. Pep, Simeone, Klopp, um, Conte, do you know what I mean? Um, people forget that in big games, the guy has a plan. And more often than not, you know, see how he went to the Bernabeu and absolutely, we, we literally dumped on them for 75 minutes for 3 nil up um, and all other big games as well. Um, I think there's a lot to like about Tuchel, uh, more more so than not to like in my opinion. But what Please. some of the, some of the things that Joe mentioned is, is valid in terms of you know we do we do need to see a little bit more like in the smaller games, um, yeah, and just generally you know a bit more some some other ideas as Babs would say. But generally, I'm happy with Tuchel, so I'm I'm Tuchel winning it. Okay, cool. Um, next question from Pierre: Why does Tuchel persist with playing? Mount and not dropping him because he would do the other attackers before him. I think we kind of touched on that, but I don't yeah. know if anyone has. Yeah, I've got nothing to add. Cool, we touched on that earlier. Cool question from Leo Clark: What do you make of the development of football? Sorry, what do you make of the development of the football over the last two years? Brackets personally not impressed. I think other managers get more out of the attackers. Yep, spot on. I've it's hard to disagree with that. I feel like the last time I really enjoyed watching like Chelsea play football, like watching us play, was this period we had the period we had on the Sari. Like I feel like that was 
decent attacking football, in my opinion. <laughs> Compared to me. what I'm watching Tuchel do, I'm so sorry. But Fair, yeah, I, no, I, I, mm, I don't know. Garbage. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I saw that when Callum had his little run and he was playing with but, um, but this higher thing, mounts. This is the thing. I can't lie. The team's been dead. Well, sorry. Wait, say that again. When, are you talking about Callum's run on the Sari or on Tuchel? On the Tuchel, when he kind of had like okay, more, yeah, yeah. like yeah. a decent like attack. I yes, feel like that's the only but, time we kind of saw something. That's I agree. Like, I agree. I vision. think the autumn period last season, between October November, when Werner and Lukaku were injured, and we had Callum and Kai playing, I think that was the best period. Um, True, but the ball I was think also Callum in hell, so maybe that's why. Slightly, yeah, yeah, slightly, slightly. But I went to the Juventus game. I went, and that's the best. I don't think I'll go to a better game at the Bridge. It would be hard for me to go because that game was amazing. Absolutely amazing. That was one of the best performances. That was one of the best games I've ever seen, literally I've ever seen in my entire like in watching Chelsea. Um, but in terms of the question, yes. Um, sorry, let me look at it again. I agree. It's over. Generally, I've not been impressed with the football as well. And like we said, this is well. This is where we're being objective here. Tuchel's not perfect. So yeah, um, I I've not been impressed with the football um, for most of the time. Um, I think there are managers lower down the league with lesser budgets who, whose teams create more and, and are more entertaining. Um, that's something that that's on Tuchel a little bit. Um, yeah, I think that's it really. But I think generally Chelsea, you know, I think of Angelotti period was good in terms of entertainment. I think Mourinho, first half of Mourinho, 14-15 was entertaining. But we had Hazard. Mm. Uh, Conte first season, I'd say, was, wasn't boring, was pretty decent. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't think we've ever really had a manager like Pep or Klopp who's like full on, you know, attack and you know, be entertaining. I don't know, but, but yeah, to answer the question, I'm, I'm I probably agree with you. To be um, fair, a consolation well, prize for Tuchel, he was better than Lampard. Oh yeah, that, 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 that's not too difficult. <laughs> that's not too difficult at all. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. Um, next question from Prash. How do you think Tuchel should persist with the same? How long do you think Tuchel will persist with the same attackers? Do you agree that Hazard fluid talks lasted for three games and we need Oba starting? That sounds like a shot at Dan. <laughs> that last part, the fluid, the <laughs> yeah, fluid yeah. one. That's a shot at Dan. <laughs> I respect it still. I respect it. Um, I think we kind of touched on how long he's going to persist with the same attackers. Yeah, until Aubameyang. Do you guys agree with that? We touched on yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. 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 it'll definitely it'll be a couple of games at least. Like yeah. Aubameyang will come in, he'll get a, a run of games, and to be fair, with Aubameyang, I feel like if he doesn't hit the ground running, I yeah. still think he'll keep him in the team. I won't lie. Tuchel's very stubborn yeah. until mm. it gets to a point where it's like you know what? Now I actually have to change it because mm. with Rom. It wasn't straight away that it took him out. Do you get what I mean? And then he had to make it work mm. and do all these different things. And it's like... But with Rom, I think it's two things. Rom was his guy and also the price tag. Do you know what I mean? Um, but I agree with you. I think even if a Batman doesn't work for the first like period, I feel like he will persist with it because, you know, it's his guy at the end of the day. is who he wants. Mm. But then um, a is actually his guy. So imagine what that's going to be like. I think Lukaku was his guy as well, though. And he didn't get that well, right. Yeah, but Oba was his guy, guys. So imagine okay, yeah, if he hit the ground running and then exactly. it's like, yeah, I'm going to yeah. try and make this work because I've, I've, I've flopped the Lukaku, 
comfortable others back-to-back flops. Do you get what I mean? So scary. it could be scary. It could be scary hours, boys. Everyone buckle in. It's killing me. Oh, I do. So to answer the question, we're saying he's going to persist until Oba comes in. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Question from Rick. How much of an improvement are you expecting to see from last year's campaign? What are some must-hit improvement areas? Um, I think goals from attack, that's a must-improve area. Um, and I also think... 80-plus points. Oh, so we, oh, we put points on it, yeah? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I can I agree think, with that. Yeah. I think 80-plus points, that's, that's six, seven points more than last year. That's I think we need to be hitting mid eighties. I think we need to be hitting mid eighties. You know, what did we get last season? Was it seventy? Seventy five, I think. Seventy five. Yeah, I think it's seventy five. Yeah. I think you're right there. Seventy five. So, mm, can we get another ten points? I think so. I don't see why. But not. the thing is, eighty five, right? Eighty four ish. Let's say eighty four. Eighty four ish. Like that could be very close to winning the league title, like numbers this and year. That's we should because be really. Yeah, because I think I don't think it, it will be ninety six to win the league this year. I agree. The end of the I, agree. I, think I think a lot more that. points are going to be dropped. I think it's going to be mid eighties, back to back to the olden days. Yeah, we yeah. got seventy six. Pool got ninety four, and wait, wait one second, no, we got seventy four. Liverpool got ninety two, and City got ninety three. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be that this season in terms of the top yeah. two. Um, I think Liverpool are, are, are weaker. They're still the second best team in the league, but I think they're weaker than than they were last season. We look at their midfield and the loss of Mane. Um, I think if Bernardo Silva leaves Manchester City, I think they would be weaker. So I don't see the top two. I don't see Liverpool and City um, breaking 90 if those um, things happen. So yeah, you're right. Mid 80s would be pretty close to the title. And I think that's where I think we should be looking to get up another nine points. I still we think sign- we're going to come third, by the way. A lot of doom and gloom around us. I think we're going to come third. I think at the moment. I think at the moment, right now, it's hard to kind of. I don't know. It's a. I don't know. Chelsea, I, know I, I, I know why you say that, Alexis. But then I look at the rest of the league. I look at like how Liverpool started, and I look at. I think City have been good, um, and I'm kind of just. I'm waiting a little bit on my prediction. I'm, I just want to see something. Yeah. I just want to see. Close I just want to see window, right? Yeah. I'm waiting for the window. Yeah. The, it's not even just the window. I'm just waiting to see like what's happening with Liverpool. What's happening with Arsenal as well? Because you know Arsenal have good periods every season where they play well, yeah. but they don't always sustain it. So I'm just waiting to see what's happening. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. But I think I think we should be looking to make up at least another nine points. Think about it. If Reese James stays fit, because he missed what like six weeks last season, crucial mm-hmm. like six weeks or so. Uh, ben Chilwell missed the whole uh, three quarters of the campaign basically. Um, we've got Kukurela in. So if them two stay fit. Um, we get let's say a Bamyang in there, most of the attack. We, we should definitely be getting at least another nine points from last season. But obviously, but obviously, that does rely on oh, yeah, you know, we've got the World Cup and stuff, but that does rely on us being as solid as we were last season as well, too, at the same time. So it's a bit, yeah, I don't know, but I think it, it might be nine points more. But yeah, yeah. I think the issue with us is. It's can we keep our midfield? Like, if we've got Kovacic, Kante and Jorginho, I'm very happy with us for this season. The issue arises when Kante and Kovacic can't stay fit. And then we have to start throwing in Ruben, throwing in Gallagher. And 
across a run of games, I don't think they can string those performances to help us consistently win. I think Ruben done well midfield last season. But yeah, yeah I think Ruben will be fine. Gallagher, I feel like with Gallagher is something that is going to be a development process. We're going to see him as a double six. We're going to see him maybe as one of the eights in the three five two. We might see him as one of the tens. You get what I mean? But yeah, I don't think the midfield would be a issue. It's more just the attack for me. I think the attack is where I'm a bit like, like we're trying to make sure that we do better than last season. I don't know if our attack is that much better than it is last season. We'll have to wait and see. And then you still got Conte and Arteta who are trying to catch up to us. Do you get what I mean? So it's like, it's one of their Spurs haven't impressed me so far, you know, but I hear you. Not at all. It's Conte, but man. You can never, you can never rule him out. Definitely not. Definitely yeah. not. Definitely not. And they've got 40 guaranteed, guaranteed league goals in Son and Kane. Like, you just know they're going to get 40 league goals in in some spurts, and they're going to win games they shouldn't win, like against Wolves, because they've got Kane and Conte, Conte system. They signed mm. Richarlison, they got Basuma midfield, boy. Mm. Yeah, Basuma doesn't play. Like, at the, well, hasn't played at the, at the moment. moment. He, do you get what yeah. I mean? But he came off the bench, I think, in one or two games. So, like, he just comes. So, like, when he gets acclimatized into the team, it could be a big boost for Tottenham. Arteta's Arsenal are looking very good. Very good. I, I, I think, I don't know, man. I think we're better than Spurs. No, we're 100% better. The way we snuff them. We can't get complacent. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Can't get complacent. I think Arsenal, I'm waiting and seeing, like I said, sustainability is Arsenal's biggest problem. Yeah. Um, Wait till Partey picks up his classic injury. Then we'll, <laughs> and then El Nene starts playing. <laughs> yeah, no, man, they, they seem to have a lot more options compared to last season, isn't it? So they do, they do. They still got that Vera coming, but anyway, this ain't this ain't touchy Gunas. Um, yeah, definitely not. But yeah, person. Liverpool. I'm still kind of waiting and seeing. I don't know. I'm holding off on my prediction personally, but I think we should be, at least be getting mid 80s in my opinion. That's another nine, that's another seven to nine points in my opinion. I think we should be getting. Um, if you think fourth place and a, a decent run in the cups would be fourth place, right, ain't good enough. fourth place ain't good enough this season, okay. not at all. No way, there's no I way agree. fourth place can be good enough. No way. Um, and the only way third place would be good enough is as if it's a challenge. So, anyway, um, the last question oh no, yeah, the last question here. So, we touched on so there's two questions actually, one of them we already touched on. So, um why do Chelsea FC hate Cobham? We already touched on that one. So the last question before we wrap up is... Did we touch on... on it, though? We did. We spoke on it. I think we spoke quite extensively on it. Actually, yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we yeah. did. Yeah, I think we did. Um, <laughs> so the last question is, thoughts on the Champions League draw? So we've drawn AC Milan, um, Salzburg, and Dinamo Zagreb. Um, thoughts on that, fellas? I like the group. It's going to be exciting. I don't think I've seen... I don't remember Chelsea versus AC Milan. Yeah, I don't think we ever played them. I was trying to think of the same thing. We've played we played Inter in Carlo Angelotti's year, but yeah, we've never played AC Milan to my memory. Yeah, so I'm really excited to see it. They're anymore. a heritage club. They're yep. like they're one of they're yeah. one of those clubs. And the Salzburg have had a lot of high scoring games against Liverpool. So Yeah, but that was, wasn't that when Harlem was there and uh, Minamino in there, man. Was it Minamino? Yeah. Yes, yeah, I think so. And then yeah. they had one last year as well, I think. Yeah, um, I think they did. I think um, so. So it's just going to be exciting games. And the good thing is, is there's not any like proper Eastern Eastern European, like there's no flights to Ukraine or flights to Russia. Well, Zagreb is a Croatian team. 
Yeah, but that's not as long a flight, is it? Oh, okay. Oh, from that perspective. Fair enough. Yeah, from, like, from the perspective where you have to go and then you end up playing at five yeah, o'clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just disrupts yeah. the whole flow. So it's nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I think I think, um, I think, think the AC Milan game is going to be very intriguing. Um, I'll definitely be on Liao watch because Babs won't stop talking about him. Uh, <laughs> well, we know what Tomori is about. We know he's a class player, but um, yeah, definitely be interested to just see how he plays after. Yeah, like, for sure. That's happened with Chelsea. Do you get what I mean? For sure. It, it for would sure. be a bit bittersweet if he has a blastic against us. Yeah, like, very, very bittersweet. I might, I might be cheering him on. Uh, on like. Yeah, yeah I, I can't add to you. I'm black excellence. You get me? Um, <laughs> what else was I gonna say? Um, yeah. I'll be on Liao watch because um, we've even been linked with Liao. We need to speak about that. But, um, yeah. If, if Gazette Adela Sports said today, a real and strong talks, but it's 120 million. Like, that's crazy. I, I don't see it. Yeah, I don't know, man. From what I heard, the, um, ACR kind of, they're not standing in his way. Um Even though they've lost Kessie as well to Barcelona, which is like, that would be two of their best players. But... Yeah, apparently they're not really standing in his way. But, yeah, I, I was kind of hoping... It's a tough deal to make as well because uh, he owes Sporting Lisbon 15. Yeah, years. was it one? 50, yeah, 15. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so, like, I'm guessing there's a repayment fee there and then there's a sell-on fee for Monaco to get. It's just complex. I don't mm, know if that will get done. I can't see it happening in this window. Neither can I, to be honest. I wouldn't it's mind it. I can't lie to you. But... No, yeah. 100%. He's better wow. than Gordon. And to be fair, I've seen on Sky Sports now that it looks like even with us bidding 60 M's, I don't think everything are going to let him go. Exactly. So we thank God so, with that. Yeah, sorry. That's another thing we've, we actually forgot to speak about. I actually, I don't think everything was said in. I can't lie to you. Hope, yeah. I hope Lampard really... I hope Lampard does what he did with Mount and just holds on to him, to be honest. But they're a bit silly, not to, though. 60 million for Gordon. You can, But then it might they might be looking at it from a sense whereby it's a bit late for them to replace him. So I don't know. It's understandable. Plus, if like if Chelsea are going in for him like that, it may have other teams watching him and they may be able to get more out of him. Like, do you get what I mean? Because I don't think his contract is going to run out anytime soon. So if we don't sign him now and he plays well, the price goes up. And that's yeah. more money for and Everton. It, and they're not in a Wesley Fofana situation where Fofana's refusing to play. Apparently, mm-hmm. Gordon, like Frank came out openly and said, Gordon's attitude hasn't dropped. If anything, he's been training harder. He's a good, you know, Frank's speech. Oh, he's a good lad. A good mm-hmm. attitude good around the training ground. Yeah, good home. <laughs> like, yeah. He runs so hard. So proper back then. <laughs> Loves I the club. An issue. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good place to leave it. Um, it's been a thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyable pod. Um, big thanks to you guys. Joe, Alexis, it's been a pleasure. Um, Thank you, man. Yep. Thank you, let awesome, us... man. Yeah, no worries, man. Just do my job. Did, just, did your just thing, man. I see you. I see you. <laughs> just do my job. Just do my job. Um, yep. Yeah, do let us know what you think. Um, feel free to interact with us. Any thoughts on the pod? Um, at us on Chessie Hour or Touchline Cracker, whichever one you prefer. Uh, interact in the Discord. I'm not in the Discord. I'm never present there, so you won't get my thoughts. But I'm sure the other guys, Bab, Sam, they will, they will you know, happily interact with you. But yeah, um, until next time, peace. Peace.
side. Trying to find a way On Twitter and ranting, doing the most. True, say that money is power, so when you get money, keep fighting. Ghost, ghost. I remember when I shot my shot, but I didn't have cops, so I hit the post. But next time is a golden goal. And it Sports Social Podcast Network.